You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. From the author of the book by the same name, it's The Best Saturdays of Our Lives Podcast with Mark McRae. SC Comic Con. You've heard us mention it before, and we're mentioning it again. Upstate, South Carolina's premier comic book convention. You know, Mark and I hit that. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm in a really good place mentally and emotionally right now because I'm meditating. That's what my therapist says. I just need to center <laughs> myself sometimes. And, and one, one of my favorite ways to, to tap into my chi energy is to remember our weekend at SC Comic-Con this year. We had a great time at South Carolina Comic-Con, and of course, we met a lot of great professionals, animators, and artists, such as Steve Garcia. Oh, yeah. Steve Steve Garcia. He was, he was a treat. He was so gracious, so cool. Steve Garcia, everyone, animator on The Iron Giant. Boom, boom, boom. That's a, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a giant in the history of animation right there. Uh, storyboard artist, Ed, Ed and Eddie, uh, the, the most recent Adams Family movie. This guy, this guy's getting it done. This guy's getting it done for sure. Right. And, uh, he was also an animator on one of my favorite X-Men series, X-Men Evolutions. Oh, no, no kidding. Mm-hmm. Steve has a pretty cool resume in animation. And, uh, what I really liked about Steve as well, he was super nice guy and very enthusiastic. And, uh, it was a real treat to be able to talk to him. Yeah, it really was. Again, very gracious, very welcoming. X-Men Evolution, that was a cool show. Yeah, yeah. That was where the majority of our X-Men were in high school and on top of, you know, saving the planet, at, you know, every every 23 minutes. They also had a bunch of high, <laughs> bunch, bunch of high school to deal with. Uh, and and, right, and Wolverine, right. Wolverine was like like the cool uncle that will give you a sip off his beer. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was all pretty good stuff. And, uh, I really like what Steve Garcia had to say about his career and about breaking into the industry and also giving advice to people who want to enter into the animation business. Well, well, we had him on the mic. This whole conversation, this, this magic moment with Steve Garcia was captured on digital celluloid. <laughs> that sounded silly. Well. <laughs> Well, let's just let's just go to the interview. Yeah, I should, I should just shut up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Steve, Steve Garcia, everybody. We are here with Steve Garcia, the layout artist on on some of well, some of your favorite properties. Uh, giant in the industry, literally Iron Giant, The Simpsons, X Men Evolution. Yep, X Men Evolution, The Catstone Dance, Simpsons, Ozzy and Driggs. Uh, Quest for Camelot, Swan Princess. I, the list. I've worked on a lot of stuff. I'm very old, so I've had a hand in a bunch of stuff. Well, hey, I mean, it means it means you're working, means you're succeeding. You, you start forgetting what you've done. You're, you're probably doing something good. That's what. That's what I'm. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> so, how did you get your start in the animation industry, and what drew you to wanting to be an animator? Well, actually, I, I grew up on animation and comic books. Uh, comic books is my love. Right? That's my heart. Uh, but then movies came out like. Uh, Little Mermaid and Roger Rabbit, and I thought, well, I, I got to get on this. This is great. And at that time, there was like a toon, an animation boom happening. So I, I, I switched my focus. I went into animation. I went to school at CalArts. And it, like I said, there was an animation boom happening. 
And how I got into animation is not how you normally do it. They just plucked me right out of school. Uh, they said, hey, this guy kind of knows what he's doing, so uh, we'll give him a shot. And that, that's how it all began. I, my first film was uh, Swamp Princess, and then I think it was Cats on Dance, which was an absolutely wonderful time, uh, wonderful project to work on. And then Iron Giant followed that, and just a bunch of other things like TV as well. So. So um, during your, you know, your early days of animation, like what were some of the early lessons that you learned? Were, were there any mentors? Were there people that, you know, helped guide you or show you how to do things better or different? Um, were there any early lessons that you could, like, let our listeners know about during those early days? Well, yeah, I, I had, when I was working, I mean, I was, like I said, I was plucked right out of school. And uh, so there's just little old me, you know, <laughs> in, a, in a great big uh, pond of... Uh, real you know actual animated movies so I mean I had to learn kind of as I go but I had great mentors uh, some of the supervising animators I worked with uh, Bob Scott Lenny Graves uh, Jay Jackson these were all seasoned Disney guys and they've been in the industry for a while and uh, yeah they kind of helped me kind of like pulled me alongside of them and I just learned so much from them Uh, and you know just sitting down and doing the work studying other people's stuff and not just animation but actual live action uh, and just yeah, and, and picking the brains of anybody I could, you know. Yeah, it was wonderful. What were your favorite comic books uh, growing up that you loved? Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, I loved uh, old uh, Frank Miller Daredevil run, uh, the uh, the John Byrne Claremont runs on just about anything X-Men. Uh, <laughs> Claremont's done so much stuff. You got Jerry Conway right down the, uh, the aisle there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to hit him later. Oh, my later. gosh, man. Creator of the Punisher. And I, I, I went over there this morning, and he's sitting up. I said... Jerry Conway, oh my gosh, I was a total fanboy. I was like, because these guys, these guys affected me. They're in a great deal, the comic book guys especially, a great deal responsible for me getting into any of the creative fields I've been into. And I've been in so many animation, illustration for books and magazines. Those guys are what lit the fire and continue to light the fire. Uh, so it's, I, you know, I fanboyed a bit out. <laughs> I did. Cool. Cool. I mean, I, I totally get that, you know, when you meet your heroes in cartoons and animation and comic books. Um, what advice would you give um, aspiring artists or animators today about breaking into the industry? Oh, I tell you, so, so it's very different now than it was when I was doing it. Because when I was doing it, you had to hit the floor with your actual literal portfolio. These days... Like, when I was working in games, video games, uh, as a concept artist, uh, I was working with many art directors that would get hard copy stuff, and they would just not even look at it. They want links. Anything that they can click on fast. So get yourself online, uh, be it Instagram, get yourself a little a link that you can easily send to them, and they can easily click, a, you know, and, and, and push yourself. Uh, push yourself. Uh, uh, get your stuff. A lot of people don't want to put their stuff out there because they're, they're afraid or they're, they're nervous or they're, they're shy about it. You got to get past that. You got to get past being your own worst enemy. You got to advocate for yourself. Yes. Do the work, and that's another thing: is do the work. If you don't have the discipline, if you got talent but you don't have the discipline to sit down and, and put the hours and hours and hours into it, you're not going to go anywhere. Right. Get put the hours into it. Get don't you know? Don't just play video games all day. If you want to work in video games, it's a lot more than just playing video games. You got to do the work, you know. So sink the hours into doing and being disciplined to do the work. And I noticed Wizards of the Coast is one of your, uh, is on your resume. That was one of my very first uh, professional gigs, actually, uh, uh, 1990. So they were Wizards of the Coast slash TSR, I think yeah. so. Exactly, yeah. And, and it was wonderful. I worked primarily for the mag- magazine line, back when they had magazines. Uh, and it was wonderful. It was almost, 
I had some great art directors that knew how to like leave you alone, give you freedom, kind of rein you in where a little bit, and uh, it was wonderful. It was a great starting point for uh, a, a career in art. So I did that off and off since for since 1990 to 2002, something like that. Okay, yeah. So for a minute. For, for, yeah, 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 and it was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, everything, even their magazine line is now digital uh, magazine type of thing. But uh, yeah, I miss those old paper days, you know. Those oh, old same here. Days. Yeah. Pulling out the dice and the graph paper, and you got to wait for the monthly issues to come out. There's something special about that, you know. And now everything's digital, and there's some there's some good things about it, but there's some a lot of things that you're giving you're giving up, you know, for the convenience and uh, like. Like everything now, like when you're turning in work, it used to be you turn in the actual work, but now everybody, the standard is digital, you know, Photoshop painting or digital uh, links, it, everything's, so you're kind of giving up something, a little bit of the warmth for, uh, I guess, uh, convenience, yeah. <laughs> easiness, I don't know, but it's a give and take. And that's that's probably, that's across the industry, whether it, it be animation, oh, illustration. Yeah. It absolutely is, and it, it's... Once you kind of get past that, and it was kind of hard for me to get past that because uh, I'm very much a traditional media type of individual. I had to learn how to digitally paint, and it took it took a little bit. But once I was able to kind of get past that, and again, coming alongside of some people that helped me and mentored me past uh, into doing it this way, the, the new way, uh, it was it was good. It was easier, and uh, now it's now it's really cool. Now that I'm kind of doing my own thing, the cool thing is I can return to doing more traditional stuff uh, because people want that traditional work they want to see your they want to buy a sketch card you know they want to because it's tangible it, it's it's tangible and it I think it it talks to their heart more than just the print so I get a lot of people wanting sketches and commissions and stuff so I, doing these shows allows me to get back to doing more traditional stuff which I'm very grateful for I don't want you to choose between your children but off the top of your head what projects what, what one project sticks out at the moment that that you're very proud of that you carry with you. Uh, well, I, I've done a lot of stuff, animation as well as illustration. But my favorite project would probably be Iron Giant. Nice. Because Iron Giant, we uh, it was very much a labor of passion and love for the entire crew. We were a very small crew, and uh, Brad Bird, the director, uh, <laughs> he he told the executives, "Look, let me let me do the film I want to make." Uh, I'll do it for half the budget, half the crew, half the production time, half the, and we'll get it in on time. And uh, they said okay, and and he did, and he was adamant about that. He fought for this film, and we worked our butts off. We were a very young, very small crew, but when you believe in something like that, you know you work, you work your tail off, and and I think it came out pretty dang good. <laughs> it was a game changer. Oh, yeah. definitely, it was a game changer. Yeah, um, we're very proud of it. We're very proud. Of it. That, that is such an awesome story. I love when I hear someone like yourself talk about having passion for your work and wanting to work hard and get it right and and maybe put in some extra hours just because of the love for the project that is that is awesome so what are do you have any upcoming projects you can discuss with us well right now like i said i stopped working for the companies and studios because i just wanted to do my own thing i'm not getting any younger so i thought if i'm gonna do it uh, I'm gonna, I better start now. And uh, so I've kind of opened up my own studio. i got some art books that I'm working on. I'm working on a graphic novel that's going to be coming down the line probably in a few years. A uh, little miniseries type of thing. Uh, yeah, a lot more uh, uh, original type of proj- uh, properties type of thing. A lot more paintings that I'm going to be bringing to shows. Uh, yeah, I'm just having a blast. And like, this is the first time after 30 years of meeting the fans. Some of the people 
some of the things of some of the things I've done, and it's been a very humbling and emotional, uh, wonderful, surreal thing, and I, I've loved every second of it. That's good. Yeah. So, where can people find you? You know, website, Facebook. Yeah. Right now, I just have an Instagram. I'm, I'm retooling my website, so my Instagram is uh, Steve Garcia Online on Instagram. Uh, I answer all my DMs, so if you, if you hook up with me there, send me a DM. I'll get back to you for sure. Yes. Thanks, dude. Yeah, Thank you so you. much. Yeah, appreciate you. I appreciate you guys coming by. Yeah. Steve Garcia, check him out. One of the things I really liked about this interview with Steve Garcia is that he mentioned how it was a small crew and how there were long hours, but you know, everyone was working together for a common goal. And I know what that feeling is like because that's the way it was when I worked at Adult Swim. You know, there wasn't a whole bunch of us, but we were all there for the work. It was always about the work. And that really built great relationships between myself and my coworkers. And so when Steve was talking about that same type of feeling that he got working on Iron Giant. It just gave me goosebumps all inside because I know exactly what that's like. Yep, living off of of, uh, pizza and 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 an evolved work ethic. Right. It was like the old days, you know? It was Mm -hmm. a small crew with a dream. Right. And I'm just going to say it. I'm going to address the elephant in the room when it comes to the Iron Giant conversation. Small crew with a dream that isn't Disney. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm, am I wrong? No, you're not. You're not. Because one of the things I believe that Steve said was that it established that a film could be made, a big budget film for a family could be made that didn't necessarily have the Disney seal of approval. It, it put it put the nail in the coffin on the subject. Mm-hmm, it, it, ended, right. it ended that as a conversation. We can go back to Watership Down. Then we roll that into mm-hmm. we roll that into Don Bluth, right? An American tale, because I think that's one of the things that Tom T had mentioned in our interview with him. That American tale proved that other studios outside of Disney can make a successful theatrical film. Now we live in a total popcorn landscape of non Disney animation. Right. Iron Giant was was an amazing film that to this day has legs. Yes, it does. It's it's become a real classic. And one of the other things that it did was that it created enthusiasm in the animation industry. Yeah. I think this became the big film that everyone really wanted to succeed. Right. I think Iron Giant made people excited about working in theatrical animation. So that's a pretty huge deal. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Agreed. Absolutely. I'm looking at the Iron Giant through even wider eyes now, just knowing the spirit that went into the, the making of that film. Uh, I encourage everyone out there, give, give that film another look. Hey, Martha. What? Do you like nerd stuff? I do. And do you like adult beverages? I super do. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you should join us with a drink. With a drink. With a drink. On, but first, let's talk nerdy. Clink. <laughs> on the ESO Network. We'll see you on Tuesday. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. Do you like podcasts? Then you're going to hate Thunder Talk. 
tasteless subject matter, mature humor, contempt for our co-hosts, unapologetic social views, edgy music, and total irreverence for the nerd junk we love are all reasons why no one, no one, no one should listen to Thunder Talk. Find us on the ESO Network and all podcasting platforms. Or don't. Whatever. So one of the things I wanted to mention about uh, Steve Garcia, I mean, besides, you know, you and I like doing a great interview with him for the podcast, is that he talked about the transition of learning 3D painting. And this has also been like a common thread with all of the animators that we have talked to, that they all had to embrace the new technology. They had to get down with the new new. Yeah, they had to get down with the new new. And, uh, and, and all of our careers, which are not necessarily, you know, working in animation, but there have been times when, you know, you start a new job, you got to learn the new software, you got to learn your way around things. And yep. embracing the new technology really separates uh, the kids from the adults, in my opinion. Yeah. Be- because yeah, that's real. either you do it or you find yourself without a, out of jobs. And I just think yeah. it's really cool that all of these guys, the reason they still have successful animation careers is because they embraced the future. Right. I just think it's great that the older generation can bring new ideas to new technology. Yeah. Yeah. And you take a film like Iron Giant where you can tell that whole thing was done very much with the computer. It's beautiful. It is still beautiful classic artwork. Right. Right. Yeah. Iron Giant is a really good example of uh, a great mixture of 2D and 3D, you know, working yep. cohesively to tell a story. Right. So I just love that. I love it. Yeah, and we uh, we loved our time with with Steve Garcia. Thanks a yes. lot, dude, for yeah. for for giving us uh, for giving us some of your time. Oh, for sure, for sure. The Best Saturdays of Our Lives podcast is a co-production of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives Studios and the Weirdos Workshop. To get a personalized signed copy of the Best Saturdays of Our Lives book, go to thebestsaturdaysofourlives.com. This is Mark McRae signing off. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.